Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter. We're looking at Mark chapter 11 today. And so this is a big chapter. I mean, what chapter isn't a big chapter in Mark? They're all, they're all so just dense and full of, of just action, one sequence to the next. Uh, but this is a big one because you've got the triumphal entry. So this is, you know, this is like Passion Week, the start of Passion Week. Um, you know, Hosanna to the son of David. Um, and then you've got the cleansing of the temple. So the Lord going into Jerusalem um, and, and making a really big splash, though uh, when we look at this chapter, we'll kind of look at a few different things. This wasn't the only time that the Lord went to Jerusalem, uh, but this was certainly the time that was very uh, fateful, you might say. Uh, but trying to look at what this means again for what it means for the authority of Jesus then and today. It all goes back to that every single time in Mark. You know, the authority of Jesus. What is he coming to do? What's his purpose? So good stuff to look through today. Really big chapter. And I'm very delighted that we have as our guest today returning, one of our regulars. We've got Pastor Stephen Tice from Frona, Missouri, joining us. Good morning, brother. So good to, to have you back on with us. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. I am quite well. It's also a joy to be in the Word with you and uh, reflecting on both the triumphal entry and on this happens to be Thursday, 40th day after the Festival of the Resurrection. So we're also talking about the triumphal return, if you will, of the Son to the right hand of the Father. So there's kind of a parallel in both ways that we look at today's date. Uh, certainly, you know, and uh, yeah, no, we were just ch ch chatting a little bit before we started um, and wishing each other a happy Ascension Day. And mm -hmm. to all our listeners, I wish you the same. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic tradition that we have to worship on this day exactly 40 days after the celebration of Easter, so that's why it winds up on a Thursday. Uh, it's not a multiple of seven, so it's not Sunday. <laughs> um, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's a... There's o there's only a few hymns um, in our in our hymnal that are dedicated to the Ascension, but there was one that caught my eye that um, we're, we're, we're worshiping this evening um, for for Ascension, mm -hmm. and I was I was really I was looking at this one hymn and I, I wanted to I wanted to pick it, but the tune was kind of unfamiliar. Um, but but it was it was a. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were mentioning just the, the triumphal side of things, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think that the, there's very much a, uh, a a triumphal theme for ascension, right? Um, Absolutely. It's, it's in four ninety. It's four ninety five. Look, ye saints, the sight is glorious. I'm just going to read a verse because I can't help myself right now. Sure. Um, so this is four ninety five, and it's I'm not going to sing it, but the, the tune is really cool too. It's just unfamiliar, but it goes. Look, ye saints, the sight is glorious. See the man of sorrows now. From the fight returned victorious, every knee to him shall bow. Crown him, crown him, crown him, crown him, crown him, crown him. Crowns become the victor's brow. Crowns become the victor's brow. Uh, it's just mm -hmm. a very, very cool hymn. I mean, you said that the exclamations there. I mean, there's, there's kind of no moment that uh, we have seen there's no moment on this side of the lord's second coming uh, where he was just more triumphant um you might say and so it's a fantastic mm -hmm. um fulfillment of what it means for the victory of easter yes we we look at this this whole focus in here in mark 11 but also then with the ascension that the one is going up uh, Jesus is going up. Uh, obviously, as we read through the chapter in Acts and Mark, rather, we'll we'll take a look at the going up and going down uh, aspects of it, just by virtue of geography. But uh, there's also the the whole Passover going up to the temple, the Psalm of Ascents, which are highlighted in this particular text from Mark as well. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's right. That's very good. Um, thinking about going up to the temple and, of course, up to the, the heavenly temple, as we saw in Revelation. So, so many things being tied together. We've got to have time for it, though. So let's turn to, te to the text without any further ado. Brother, would you open us up with a prayer as we get started? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Almighty and gracious Father, we rejoice in the blessing you have given to us of making known to us your Son, who has made us known in you and then you known to us, as he has promised and sent forth the Holy Spirit on his disciples. We have received this gift of faith by the power of your Spirit at work in the Word. Continue through this Word to lift us up today, wherever we may be, whatever our challenges are, and there are plenty, and we know that none of us knows exactly what the other one goes through, but you, Father, know all things. Fill us with peace through the power of the Word, the work of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who is sent to be beside us forever, that we might stand firm in the gift of Christ, risen and ascended to your right hand. In Jesus' amen. Amen, amen. All right, thank you, brother. Um, let's go ahead and read the whole chapter um, just straight through. Um, but before we do so, uh, anything that we should be listening out for in terms of like either the structure or just mm-hmm. maybe keywords or phrases that we ought to be listening for? Yeah, there, there are three things that are they're built in here to this text. Of course, Jesus has just come from Jericho where he had healed Bartimaeus, and then he'd gone right. to the village of Bethany on the east side of the Mount of Olives. So there's a, a moving up to Jerusalem all the way through Acts, As we come to the Passover section, Jesus is literally coming up from the Jordan River Valley, Jericho, up to the hill where the temple is. So in this Psalm of Ascents focus of the Passover, that's part of it. There's also, uh, if you want to call it a a bookending of the cleansing of the temple connected to the fruitfulness of the fig tree. And there's a structural part there that, as Mark is writing, he's moving Jesus up to Jerusalem, closer to the the final culmination of, of the crucifixion. But he's also highlighting the opposition to Jesus as people who are in the temple but not getting God's Word in their hearts. And so for us, as we think about reading the Word today and, and worship, we want to keep focusing on this idea that outward activity does not accomplish the purpose. It's the Spirit of God at work in the Word that brings us life in Jesus. And so we look at this text, and the disciples who are there also, they're involved with this struggle as to how do we fit in, and Jesus gives assurance that he will give us what we need because of the Father's love for us. Uh, Amen, amen. Uh, Yeah, definitely want to be keeping an eye out for, just as you were saying, the description of, uh, you know, the Lord's focus on the spiritual rather than the external appearances, the opposition, uh, all those things, yeah, coming to the fore here. Let's go ahead without any further ado. This is Mark chapter 11 in the English Standard Version here from the top. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt, tied it a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. 
and he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it, and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus said to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. And they came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, you will say, Why then did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? They were afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. There you go, yeah. Uh, just as you were saying, like, you know, um, very, very strong confrontation. I mean, in general, just very strong words from yeah. the Lord Jesus throughout, whether it's, um, you know, I mean, the, to the fig tree, the, the way he confronts the Pharisees and the scribes, um, I mean, even the just, I mean, I mean what, what he was saying about, uh, I mean, the, the, you know, whatever you ask, ask in confidence and faith, right? I mean, he's just, it's just very assertive um, in, in this chapter throughout. Um, but yeah, it does, it does, I think, go back even to uh, the first episode, which we want to talk about, even before the stern words to the people um, who are uh, buying and selling, but just the, the plan of going in to Jerusalem like this, it seems like it was very deliberate. It seems like this was this was his plan. He wanted to go in, not not quietly. He wanted to make, I mean, like in, in the best way, he wanted to make a scene. He did. He was, in fact, coming to Jerusalem, proclaiming himself by his actions to be the, the Messiah. He is now publicly, now the time has come, he is ready to be acknowledged publicly as the Christ, the anointed of the Lord. And so his actions are those which do two things. They draw the people's attention to that claim, which specifically is reflected in the entry on the, the colt on which no one has ever ridden. Mark makes that point very clearly, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But he is also then going to the temple and exerting the authority he has to correct the abuses that have been allowed to develop as, I'm going to call it, familiarity with the, the environs of Jerusalem have made the people who live there regularly not see what's in front of them anymore. And he's going to correct that as well. Right. Yeah, to that last point, the, the kind of uh, famous you know, familiarity breeds contempt idea. Uh, yeah, taking things for, for granted. Uh, I, this is something that, um, just as you were saying, you know, like the time has come to proclaim himself as the Messiah. You know, this is something that really wasn't uh, drawn out for me um, very fully until I, I heard this, uh, this. There was a sermon from, um, I think it was, yeah, no, I think it was Tim Keller who had, it was, his, it was a neat sermon. He, he was saying, he had a phrase that the Lord Jesus was, now how, now how did he put it? Thank you, brother. It was, he was, he was humble, um, but, you know, he wasn't, I guess, unassuming. 
You know, um, uh, he had a, he had a catchier way of putting it. It both started with letter H. But but the idea was that, it, you know, he, he on the one hand, he is always pointing towards the Father. Um, he, he's not going around, um, you know, like bragging or boasting. Um, but on the other hand, he's not afraid to downplay i mean he's not he's not afraid he doesn't downplay himself he doesn't uh, he's not afraid to talk about you know his own authority and say yeah no that, that's what that's what i am and and i think we saw that in the previous chapter you mentioned it uh, as we were starting up you know the he heals bartimaeus and the, and the thing that's remarkable right um bartimaeus calls him son of david right Absolutely. calls him the heir of david's throne effectively and I mean, this is interesting because throughout Mark, anytime that someone tries to call him that, son of David, uh, you know, the son of God, the, you know, the Messiah of Christ, he says, stop, quiet, shh, you know, uh, but, but here he's, yeah, I know that, but, but, but here he's just like, yes, speaking, um, and, and, and so, and then he, and then he just goes in like this, and he seems to have, he, he seems to have actually, I mean, this doesn't say this, but one way of reading it is that he's possibly arranged something with the people there in Bethphage and Bethany because he knew them well. So, I mean, it seems like this is all very calculated. Yes, it's, it's a deliberate plan. And I'm, I didn't ever hear the sermon you're talking about, but I was thinking that starting with an H is the word hiding. He was humble, but uh, not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, good. That's good. And as he as he enters Jerusalem, he is emphatic with his disciples. He says, now, go into the village ahead of you, and there you will find a colt tied up outside the door of the house. Amen, amen. The fact that they, uh, yeah, he, he identifies the location, and then I made the comment on which no one has ever ridden. Taking a look back in the Old Testament reading, the situation with God's plan for establishing the priesthood in Leviticus, repeating some of it again in Numbers, but there are... There now, was a requirement for the cleansing with ashes for one who had touched to the Bethphage dead body. They were to take a red heifer, which had never been hitched to a yoke, and sacrifice it, and then set the ashes aside to be mixed with water. And then this no water would, would be a cleansing source. The you, uh, ashes would be mixed with say, water when one had touched the dead body and would be cleansed. By having this went away and mixture of ashes and water door outside in the push, street, put upon them, and, and of course, my thought and went to Ash Wednesday and placing ashes on people, what are you doing the but cult? then also baptism. Mm, and they told them and so what Jesus we see here said. is an animal set aside for God's use. And they brought the cult to this Jesus particular and animal, being a cult of a donkey, and many spread their it's also referred to then, of course, in the books of the prophets as the king coming to you humble and riding on a donkey on a coal of a donkey. But the idea that Jesus enters Jerusalem on an unbroken coal, A, it's set aside for God's purpose, never used for anything else, but B, and nobody comes to war riding an untrained animal. He is not coming in war, he is coming in peace the as the rightful day, heir Bethany, he to the throne of David. And, seeing and the, the action of riding the donkey was predicted by the prophets in the and Old Testament and tied to the idea that you're not coming in, in war but coming in peace and he said to it, highlights that Jesus no already has authority. Again. He doesn't have to conquer the city. It's already his and they came to place to reign. And they Whether they acknowledge it or not doesn't matter. Jesus is stating, and he this is my the place. Tables of the money I come. And the, and the crowd shouts out, Hosanna. And he would not allow anyone and to carry anything before, through the temple. Pretty much quoting and he was teaching a them portion of the them, Psalms of the Psalms 118. My house, as, as he says, the house of prayer uh, the for all crowd the nations. shouts out, Hosanna. But you have made a den of robbers. That's a quote from Psalm 118. And then just a little further in that Psalm, it says, I will go up to the house of the Lord. And what we're told is, and Jesus went up to the temple. So it actually flows out of the practice As of they Passover, by the morning, they saw and the these psalms that the people regularly roots. used in worship, pointing to, him, to look Jesus entering Jerusalem and then going up to and the Jesus temple. Said to them, and this is that going up thing I was God, talking about before. Truly, I say to you, he had to come down the Mount of Olives to, to go into the city, but once he enters the, the city, sea, then he's going he up. Does not doubt in his heart. He's going up the hill, he's going up to the top of the Temple Mount, he's literally going up into the presence of God's house, where God has said he will meet his people. And so there is, in a very real way, the arrival of the king in Jerusalem to meet God in his house. 
and that's you know and that's a very powerful image and as he was for the disciples the temple, the later when the holy spirit will bring them to him and into the remembrance him, of truth authority are you doing these things or whether they saw at this point this in time I, i'm highly them. suspecting they didn't jesus said to well, them, <laughs> well right yeah no, did they really question uh no of course we've seen that again and again they didn't they didn't really fully grasp the import of it I mean, the they, they did, though, I mean, get heaven? the basic idea that you know, mm-hmm. he is the Messiah, right? It's just, you know, what exactly does that, it does that mean? But as you said, this, heaven, this, this moment here is powerful. And, you know, but sometimes I've, I've heard this um, said that, you know, he comes riding people, in on a donkey. And like a donkey, like, oh, well, I mean, John wants really to ride in on a donkey. That's a little animal. And, you know, he comes in very humble. Um, mm-hmm. And Jesus said, uh, and, oh, "Actually, I, I, uh, I will I tell found you my notes here. It was what, authority um, I what, do what Keller said. He said, oh. humble but not modest. Okay, so oh, okay. yeah, so not 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 another H word. Well, there you but go. no, it, it wasn't go, yeah. it wasn't modest uh, just, like this kind of ah uh, shucks. Like, you know, um, you know very, don't, very don't, uh, no no no. Come on, guys, I mean, don't say Hosanna. No, I'm actually. This is one of the things I think that whether it's Jesus Christ superstar is you know for all the problems in that. One of the things it did well." Was when I mean, it when it showed the the, just, uh, the procession I mean, what, what into Jerusalem. About, I mean, it's just like I this mean, big the, parade, the, and everyone's going ask, crazy. And and, the, and, and all the, the the people I mean, just, like the, the scribes and the priests are like, "Hey, would you tell people to be quiet here?" And he's like, "No, I'm not telling anyone to be quiet." And you see the ascent; they're going up, going up, going up, up, up the steps. And so it is this big deal. And so to your point, yes, the plan. Cult of going of the, in, uh, you know, this donkey here, right? Like it yeah, it, like it's it a symbol of peace. It's true, like right? This is not what you'd ride to this battle in. He but this is a symbol in, of peace from a make, king. I mean, you know, right. and that's the best way. And, then, and that's, I think, what we what we overlook he he when, when you look at when we saw this in Zechariah. We read it not too long ago that when when you had that. That description the, the of you know riding in um, on, on the donkey he here, right? The idea is, is as a victorious conqueror and so his who has brought peace because of his victory, there right? Um, and, 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 and so it's it's not it's not modest. It's it's not like ah oh, well you know I'm, the, I'm not a king, guys. Cold, Come on, no no no. I am a king, but I have come to bring you peace. And, and they've but also gone also out to get those leafy branches, the other gospel fallacies, or palm fronds, which are to the branch the that was used to welcome that the victor. He's come yep. allowed peace, to now he's won, and so the victory is being proclaimed. Call it As I was thinking about this with the, earlier this week, I was remembering the Roman processionals into Jerusalem or into Rome when the regular general would arrive, see what's in yep. front of them anymore, and he would lead a procession as well. Captives. And then lose right, or treasury is taken. The, the and kind of, yep. uh, famous, the, the apostles you know, refer to that in, in their writings uh, when they yeah, talk about Jesus for, leading for a host of uh, captives. I, this was something that and um, returning this is to saying, the Father. Yeah, like the time has come and, to proclaim and that himself image of as the Messiah. letting the people know he has won. Jesus only does that here on earth just this one occasion where he comes in with the victor's parade. And there were crowds that went before and crowds that came after. And I've often pointed out to people that there were two groups here. The there were the Jesus people who, was, who had followed him from now how, now how up the hill from Jericho it, it after was, he healed uh, Bartimaeus and the crowd he, he from was, Bethany who knew Lazarus. Humble? This whole um, group of but, people who had know, he come to the conclusion guess, he was the Messiah already. Assuming, and then there were the you know, crowds um, in Jerusalem had a, had, for Passover had a way of who were hearing this and saying what's going on while the witnesses of the resurrection had told them the resurrection of Lazarus. He We're already is telling always people in town. The father. This guy raised um, a dead man. He's not going mm-hmm. around, so um, you know, like bragging or boasting. Um, popular, on the other hand, popular. he's a, a not figure of, of afraid great to downplay. I mean, he's not, yes. he's not afraid for everybody he doesn't downplay in town, himself. But, but he doesn't, a he's not afraid to talk about you know, his own authority and, and say, him. yeah, no, that's what that's what I am. And I think we saw that in the previous chapter. You mentioned it as we were starting up. You know, yeah, the, the, I, I, would, I would rec- I would recommend it. It's, it's got some interest. Right? It's got some interesting um, stuff. Um, you know, obvious. I don't think it's David. like what I would like Absolutely. show the congregation Ca- as like an accurate uh, <laughs> reenactment or anything. But it's, and, it's insightful. I mean, this is interesting because throughout Mark, anyway. uh, anytime uh, someone tries well, to call I, him that, the couple of more things you probably want to talk about the triumph of God. We want to move on when we get back here. But everybody, hang on. We're looking at Mark chapter eleven here. Yeah, have 
These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. We're taking a look here at Mark chapter 11, talking about the triumphal entry. Very appropriate here on such a triumphant day in the church, the day of the Lord's ascension. We're joined today by our guest, Pastor Stephen Tice, pastor from Rona, Missouri. I want to invite everybody who is listening live, if you've got a question for us, a good opportunity to join the conversation, any questions or comments. So we've got the email open today, not the phones, but we've got email open, kfuo at kfuo.org. Also, uh, after like a week of testing, the, uh, it looks like Facebook and our live streaming is a go. So if you go to facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa, comments there, put, put questions or comments for us as we're discussing these things. Also want to make sure to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage so Foundation. Thank you guys for your support of Thy Strong Word, lhfmissions.org is their it's website. I was actually just looking at a resource the from the them. Uh, they, the, they did a Spanish edition of the Bible. Really cool. Um, they were actually, like, I think, but one the of the first people in North America to do um, a Spanish translation. That they put the, the Reina Valera Contemporánea, which is like this. Uh, it's a really good translation. And they also put the catechism there in Spanish in the front. Like, that's the first thing they do. Very, very cool organization, lhfmissions.org. To the uh, but David. yes, so the of uh, the brother, we were just talking a little bit here about yeah, ra wrapping up just a little bit here. To the idea that uh, you're not this part in, in Matthew, war, but coming Mark in peace, 11, rather, uh, highlights that Jesus on, already has Talking about just authority. how deliberate it was, you just mentioned. Uh, we know in John that right before this, he, he raises Lazarus from the dead. Um, and of course, that I think just really speaks to what we've been saying. This was such a deliberate and calculated move here. That, Hosanna. you know, I mean, he, he knows, you know, before, hey, if, if we go down to Jerusalem uh, again, you know, with, with things the way they are, the tensions the way they are, as, as it's going to be the last time we uh, go down to Jerusalem. And the disciples Hosanna, tell him that in John, right? In the name of the Lord. And he's That's like, yeah, well, we're, go, we're going, you know, and he, and he deliberately, he seems to have deliberately waited for this moment to do this big, big miracle, right? And this is like kind of the last big one that we're told about in John. So, I mean, all of that, as you were saying, the crowd behind the crowd, had uh, very deliberate, and, and then one, one like last Jesus thing, what, what they actually say, right? They say, the um, you know, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As you were saying, that's from a psalm of ascent. But that, that word, that word city, Hosanna, you know, when, when we say it, we, we know that in Hebrew it means, you know, please save, something like this, please save us. But, into the presence but for of, them, of God's house, um, and, and God we think of it you know, in terms of like, you know, save us from our sins and, and, so and yeah. from death, and we have, the, we have the full revelation, but, mm -hmm. but for the them, this idea of, of save, right, that's basically God a way of saying, hey, come be king, and, you know, because yes, your yes, king is your savior. I mean, I mean, literally, he's the guy the who saves you from your enemies. Um, I mean, this is why the, the Caesars of Rome, they called themselves savior. I mean, usually they call themselves savior of the world. Um, so by, by saying Hosanna, they're, they're really saying, well, right, yeah, king, no, which they you really, understand, then why? Uh, no, of course, we've seen that, that again, again, a lot of concern They didn't really fully the grasp the import of it. Yes, it I mean, definitely they, was they the, did, though, the I mean, get the focus, basic idea that you know, he is the Messiah, a, right? National just, you know, what exactly does that, does that mean? But as you said, this, this, this moment here is powerful. And sometimes I've heard this freeing us from the tyranny of he comes riding in on a donkey, and like a donkey, like, donkey, that's a little Animal, even more, and, know, this, the he comes in very humble. All God's people, um, even in this uh, present uh, time, actually, and that's, I, that's I, our enemy uh, Satan. 
found and, my and notes here. It was even um, though we may what, not what know what said. we pray, the humble, thing that came to modest. my mind is when, okay, so, yeah, when so we pray, the not, Father not, knows not our needs before word. we say but them. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't modest like this kind of ah shucks. You know, don't, says, don't, sure, uh, no, 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 exactly come on, guys, don't say Hosanna. You don't know uh, no, what that means. I'm actually, this is I'm one of the things I think prayer. that, um, yes, Jesus Christ Superstar is, you know, for all the problems in that. And, and peace in one of the prayer things it did well was when it, when it showed the, uh, the procession so into Jerusalem. Saying, I mean, it's just like this big parade, and everyone's going crazy, and all the people, the scribes and the priests are like, hey, would you tell people to be quiet here? And he's like, no, I'm not telling anyone to be quiet. And you see the ascent of up, going up, going up, up the steps. And so it is this big deal. And so, to your point, yes, the Cult of the uh, you know this donkey here, right? Yeah, it, it's a symbol nation, of peace. True, and right? This so is not this what you'd write to battle in, but this is a symbol of peace of all nations, from a king. Uh, you know, and that's, and that, and that's I think what we, we overlook when, when you look at when we, we saw this in, uh, in Zechariah uh, when we read it not too long so ago. That when, when you had that that description of you know riding in, later um, in the on, on the donkey here, right? The idea is as a victorious conqueror who has brought peace. Because of his vision, right? Um, and so it's, it's not it's not modest. And, you know, it's, it's not like oh well, you know, I'm, I'm not a king, guys. Come on, no, no, no. Um, it's, I am a king, but I have come to bring you peace. Probably yeah. to the home and, of Mary and Martha Lazarus. Gone out to get those exactly. leafy branches. And, other and then the next day he comes back. Fronds, which are and as he's entering the, the city, branch, there's that fig tree. To welcome and it has leaves. He's come yep. in peace. So now Jesus is going to see if there are any the early fruits being proclaimed. Mm -hmm. The interesting As thing is that Mark says he was hungry. hungry. Remembering the Roman procession no. yeah. into Jerusalem. Did he not eat breakfast? I mean, you know, it's arrived. <laughs> I don't know yep. what this fully implied except for question of a cease. Captives, fully and human, loot or treasure human, yep. is taken. Yep. And, and hungry, yep. he goes he to look for food. To that in, in the in place their where there should be food, leading and a host uh, of this captives. time of year, there would be perhaps early figs, different varieties of figs will produce. And, and that image of in different times and letting the people times. know he has one. Jesus um, only and, but does he doesn't that find here, any, not even unripe ones. Just there's no figs on the tree at all. It's a barren tree. Victor which is one of the parables Jesus talked and about. The, there were crowds that went the vineyard owner and crowds who come and find a tree not bearing fruit and says, people, cut it down. There were two and, you know, this, there were the people who, <laughs> These things are all tied in there. From, if we let the Holy the Spirit from bring them back to our remembrance. And the Jesus from Bethany, who looks for fruit, fruit, finds none, and then speaks a word. Come to the conclusion he was the Messiah already. In verse 14, he said to it, it also be he who were responded to what's it. Going on while the witness right. There's an interaction of creator with the creation here. It's not just Jesus we're already talking. telling people in it's town. It's actually the creator responding to the fruitless tree so Jesus with a statement, may no one ever eat from you in the future either. A, a figure of, and the disciples heard this. interest. Yes. Uh, and then we have Jesus going town, to the but, temple. But there's a, a parade um, as they came ahead of him to Jerusalem. And he went into the temple so grounds, is, as you said. And he drives and out Christ those who are turning the temple um, grounds you know, into. Yeah, I, I, I would, rec business, I would recommend commerce, it. It's, it's got some interest. It's got some um, interesting right. stuff. Um, you know, the, the I don't think it's doing, like what I would like show the congregation as like an accurate uh, <laughs> reenactment or anything. But it's it's insightful. It's, it's interesting. Far anyway. away, and you needed uh, to bring an offering. Well, I, well, and you a had to bring a lamb without blemish. Talk about the triumphal entry, but we want to move on when we get back here. But everybody, hang on. We're looking at Mark chapter eleven here on the strong word. Luke tells us what happened with Jesus himself. You can't necessarily bring these animals from a far distance and have them remain approved for sacrifice, especially if they walked for any distance with a lamb or a goat or anything. So the idea that you needed to have available, healthy, unblemished animals nearby so that people mm -hmm. could carry out the commandments was, was admirable on the, on the one level. But the problem was they had turned it into a commercial enterprise right in the temple grounds, changing of money because you couldn't use any money but the the uh, approved Hebrew coins. And so people had to turn in their Greek or Roman coins to get the other kind. But they well, were doing it in a way that turned it all into a commercial enterprise. Pastor AJ Espinosa. In the, in the 
beginning, take it might a look have been a good plan to help Mark others. Chapter 11, talking about the triumphal entry, into, very appropriate says, here on Roberts. such a triumphant day no. in the church. Right, the that, that's, really, the that's a really helpful Ascension. way of breaking it down because you're We're right. joined today by our um, guest, this isn't, Pastor you know, Stephen Mark Tice, being like, oh, because we, we get the fig tree again in verse 20. I want to invite everybody who is listening about the fig tree. Right, so let me finish that story. No, there's a deliberate juxtaposition here. So we've, we've got the email really good at open today, this. not the phones, uh, where, but where he's, he's email open, like very subtly tell us that the temple situation also, is connected to uh, the fig tree after, like, situation, right? And uh, like yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up for me there. Dope. Verse 14, so there, you go right, to facebook.com slash agent um, isn't just no put some you know, comments. He said it's uh, in response, he said, for us as we're yeah. discussing yeah. these but things. Hang on, what, what the fig also want to make sure to thank but, our yeah, underwriters I think this is all because it's connecting it to what happens in the temple where Jesus, the Lord, he walks into the temple. It's a mess. What's going on? Just looking at in response, he drives everybody out and he says what he says, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bible, the house of prayer really for all cool. the nations. Um, they were actually, like, so we're, we're supposed to be understanding in North America um, to do the, um, the disorderly temple that they to put be like the, the Reina Barrera Contemporanea, um, and, uh, which is like and this, like you said, uh, it's a really good translation. Uh, and they also put the catechism seems, there in I mean, Spanish. I mean, in the this front. is, you like, did a good job of bringing this out. Um, it seems very, reasonable. Very it's not fig season. Missions. Why should the fig? <laughs> why should the fig uh, tree yes, have fruit? So, right. Um, and, and hey, brother, in the temple, we were just talking. People are coming from all over about, the place. They yeah, need wrap, wrapping these up certain this animals, here. right? It's very uh, difficult to be transporting animals like that. Mark 11, so rather, it all seems. It all seems very on, reasonable. About just on how the deliberate outside. it was. You just mentioned, but the Lord John. That right before this, he raises Lazarus from the dead. It's not reasonable, and of course. Uh, that this, I, this I think is just really speaks to what we've been saying that this was such an deliberate and calculated hiding move behind here. that you allegedly know, I mean, he, you know, he knows you know, excuses, hey, which if, if we go down to Jerusalem again, hand, you know, so, with, with things I mean, the, the way they are, that, the tensions the way they are. And, and I think this is what we get to the last time we go down to Jerusalem, and the disciples tell him that in John, right? I think, and he's like, yeah, well, we're going, you know, and he deliberate. He seems to have deliberately waited for this moment to do this. Big, in, big you know, the Lord miracle, Jesus was right? just grumpy like that morning because he had an empty stomach. We're told about and, uh, in John. So, I mean, tree. all of that, as you were saying, the crowd I, I think behind this the is crown supposed had to be very deliberate. Of the temple and, in Jerusalem. And then one, one yeah. last thing here. When, that, what when they, they come later, say, right? They see they in say, verse um, 20, you know, I mean, and Hosanna, this is the thing. This is all this kind of who comes in the name of the Lord level here that Mark is operating on. He's been doing it the whole time. That's why he's the shortest. That word, that word, Hosanna. You know, when we say it, we know when they go and Peter says, "Hey, Rabbi, look, please save." Something like this, please. Uh, he talks about the mountain. Um, this but, is him saying, but yeah, for them, and I just, in a way of speaking, um, and, and we think of it you know, in terms of like, you know, save us from our sins and, and, and yeah. death, and we have the, yeah. we have the full and revelation. The other, but, but for them, the this idea of, of save, right, so the Father that's basically a way of saying, of hey, come be king, because your king is your savior. I mean, literally, he's the guy who saves you from your enemies. I mean, this is why the Caesars of Rome, they called themselves savior. Usually, they called themselves savior of the world. So by saying Hosanna, they're they're really saying, come be king, which you can the understand then why that drew well, a lot of concern you know, again, from the authorities. The Lord designed all yes, this it definitely was the, time, the and we, focus, especially the guidance of the Holy Passover Spirit, time. This was a, the national holiday the of entire the founding of the people by rescue from slavery in Egypt. Egypt. It can't help but bring back the idea of now through the freeing us from the tyranny of an oppressor, which happens to have us in our own land right now. But but even more not as readily. is the oppressor because who oppresses all God's God people, still even in this present time, and that's that's our and enemy, Satan. The danger and, that and we even though we may not we know what we pray, the thing that came to my mind is when when we pray, the Father knows our needs before we say them, and begin to the trust people here are saying we want you to come and be king. And God says, sure, that's exactly what I planned all along. Even though you don't know what that so means, that I'm answering your prayer. And this is the yes. whole and, and idea of our worship. A big life. part of our, you know, the, the gifts of blessing God and, and, and peace in prayer and supper, is that as Luther the Lord describes it, knows our needs, uh, you know, so that the when we come to him saying, and I will be done, this is so do that which is best for us. We know that the Lord is still with us. Even if we don't know ahead of time what that's going to be, he's still got it in mind. And the other thing, as you mentioned it, the blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, the one who died and rose again. That idea that David is the ancestor and reference spiritual leader, if you will, even of the whole nation. And this is true for our Savior Jesus. He is not just for one nation, he's for all nations. 
And, and so you this is the one who the now is, is coming to be and, and the head of all nations. And say, if you, you know, if you uh, use the magic formula, letter to the, the Hebrews right calls him the pioneer or author. Or, or if you say the prayer with enough confidence, he's the leader. He's the one that goes before us. So now we have this picture presented. And then develop and it later in the epistle or to Hebrews that, that he is this one who now fulfilled or the whole old covenant, but in this case we're specifically looking at the kingship with of the David. one that promises to hear. And, and so if I already have as he looks around, he sees everything. God's word, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, and the, what is he doing? He's calculating what he might do next. Now my prayer is looking at the city and saying what has to be addressed tomorrow. And when I go home to Bethany, probably to the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And exactly. so is the son seated at the right hand of the father. And then the next day he comes back, of the ascension. and as he's entering Jesus the city, right there there's that the fig father. tree. And it has leaves. So he makes these words. So Jesus is going to see if the there are any early figs. It will be done for him. Yep. The interesting thing is he's that Mark says be he was hungry also. Now, yeah. Did he not eat breakfast? Me, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know what now this fully father, implies, this except, of course, it tells us he's I gave still from you. fully human. And so now human, we receive yep. what God's yeah, hungry. Promised. He goes to look for food That's right. in the well, place and, where and there should be food. And this time of year, there would be perhaps early figs, different varieties of figs will produce fruit in different times and at different times. But he doesn't find any, not even unripe ones. There are no figs on the tree at all. It's a barren tree, which is one of the parables Jesus talked about that no, the vineyard owner to, to be who comes and finds a tree not bearing Jesus fruit and says cut it down his you know, authority. <laughs> these things are all tied in there if, if we, we let the Holy Spirit bring them back to our remembrance right? um, in, Jesus in ways looks for fruit, finds none, and, not and ours. then so, speaks a word. So yeah, I, I think and the Greek word right. is this, this in, in uh, verse 14, here, he said to it, can also be he responded to, the to it. Today that, so know, there's an interaction of creator with the creation here. It's not just Jesus talking. Jesus, it's actually um, the creator responding to the fruitless tree with a statement, may no one ever eat from you in the future either. This language is just and so the disciples right, heard uh, this with, with symbolism here. And then we have Whoever Jesus to going to the temple. Mountain. What mountain are we talking about? Oh, right. As they yeah, came we were talking about that. to going Jerusalem, the mount, he went into the temple, the temple mount, grounds, right? uh, and he drives out those, those who are turning the, the temple grounds the into I mean, a I mean, place this is exactly of what business, happens. commerce, um, whatever. Revelation shows um, that right. the prayers of the saints. As we look at the the things they were doing, the temple mount is thrown. I would say that the idea was. In many ways, on the outside, from because if you were coming from, from that, far that away and you needed to bring an offering and you had to bring a lamb without blemish or spot or James a pair of turtle executed. doves, um, in the case of the uh, redemption of a firstborn by a poor family, and Luke tells uh, us that's what happened with Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. the, the chief you can't necessarily bring now. these animals from uh, a far distance and have them remain approved for sacrifice, especially if they've walked for any distance with a lamb or a goat or anything. So the idea that you needed to have available healthy unblemished so animals nearby um, so that people could carry the out the commandments was, was admirable like, on the, the, on the one level. But the problem the, the crowds, was they turned it into a commercial um, enterprise and, 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 right in the temple grounds, from the crowds, changing of money because you couldn't source. use and, and, and any money really, but the, the uh, uh, approved Hebrew coins. To, and so the people had to turn in their Greek or Roman coins to get the other kind. But they were doing it in a way that turned it all into a commercial enterprise. Um, he comes in, the, in the beginning, so it might have been a good plan to help others, this mm -hmm. event but it here. quickly what, what turned you, uh, into, as that? Jesus says, well, a would, den of robbers. The, the authority is already his. The right, uh, that, that's really that's a really helpful way of breaking it down because you're right. Um, this isn't, you know, Mark like just being like, oh, because we we get the fig tree again in verse 20, and this isn't like him saying, oh, right, I forgot about the fig tree. Right, so let me finish that story. No. There's a, there's a deliberate uh, juxtaposition here, and we've seen this before in Mark. Mark's really good at do doing this, uh, where, where he's he's trying to like very subtly tell us that the temple David, situation is connected to the fig tree situation, David. right? And uh, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up for me there the in verse 14. There, you're right. The, the word there um, isn't just the he, he, he said; it's uh, in response. He said, but hang on, what what the fig tree say? But but yeah, I, I think this is all because it, it's connecting it to what happens in the, in the temple, where Jesus, the Lord, he walks into the temple, 
it's a mess what's going on. And so in response, he drives everybody out and he says what he says, right? My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. So we're supposed to be understanding that the disorderly temple to be like the fig tree. And and like you said, the fig tree seems, I mean, this is, I think you did a good job of bringing this out. It seems reasonable. It's not fig season. Why should the fig, why should the fig tree have fruit, right? And hey, in the temple, people are coming from all over the place. They need these certain animals, right? It's very difficult to be transporting animals like that. So it all seems, it all seems very reasonable on the outside. But the Lord Jesus has seen the heart of the matter and knows that it's not reasonable at all. This is an unreasonable and ungodly heart. Hiding behind allegedly, you know, reasonable excuses, but, but, yeah, no, which, which are just being right, used that, at hand. Like and so, I mean, the thing that, and, and I think this is what we get to when you get to, and, um, to verse you know, 20 and, and onward, then. I think that when he says, you know, when he makes this this curse, right, on the fig tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. I don't think this is just... In, anyway. You know, the and Lord so Jesus was just grumpy that morning because he had an empty stomach dinner, and uh, mm-hmm. he just took Very it out in this tree. At least four times I, I think this is supposed to be foreshadowing a cursing of the temple of Jerusalem. And that when they come later and they see in verse 20, I mean, and this is the thing, this is all just kind of this this kind of hidden level here that Mark is operating on. He's been doing it the whole time. That's why he's the shortest gospel because he's saying a lot with very few words. But when they go and Peter says, hey, Rabbi, look, the fig tree curse has withered. And, um, and he talks about the mountain. But, but this is, like this is saying, him saying, yeah, uh, and I just, voice, in a way of speaking, I have cursed the, the temple, and told, the whole temple is going to be destroyed. And yeah, and the, and the, and other, the other thing is that it hasn't been fruitful, which, so the Father has sent very, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who will now become the real sacrifice, the sacrifice without blemish or spot, that no human was able to produce until God took on flesh. And if you, and if you think of it in the context of what sacrifice is about to happen at the end of the week, the Passover lamb. Well, you know, again, the Lord designed all this centuries ahead of time, and we, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, reading Scripture, looking back through the entire documents that, that were presented through the prophets to the people of God through the centuries, now through the apostles, the prophets, we see a pattern. Mm-hmm. What we don't see is the pattern in our own time, or at least not as readily, because this is the same God who still is at work today, and the danger that we also face is that we can go through the outward motions and be very careful to follow a certain system of rules and begin to trust our following of the rules rather than remembering which we know rules are to contain the message not to be followed so that you can keep the rules. And this is the whole idea of our worship life. The the gifts of God in our baptism in the Lord's Supper, as Luther describes it, uh, you know, the Word of God that we can touch and hear. This is is so that we know that the Lord is still with us. Our King is still reigning, still seated at the right hand of the Father. But we dare not trust the routine. We need to keep trusting the one who died and rose again for us. And I see in this this reference also to the the fig tree as Jesus is talking to his disciples about faith. He says, when you believe what the Father is promised, you will get what the Father is giving. Um, and, and so in the same way that... And, and you know, a lot of people misread this and say, if you, you know, if you use the magic formula, the right prayer, then God will give you whatever you want. Or, or if you just, if you just say the prayer with enough confidence, you know, if you just, if you just really, really believe truly that's going to happen, that will happen. Yeah. And, and that's, it's not based on me or, or on you. It's not based on the sincerity or depth of my praying. It's based on the relationship with the one who promises to hear. So that if I already have the gift of faith by the work of God's Word, the Holy Spirit in in the the life that He's given me, now my prayer is already attuned to what He wants. And when I don't know what to pray, the Spirit's interceding on my behalf, and so is the Son, seated at the right hand of the Father, again back to the value of the ascension. Jesus is right there next to the Father. So that when he makes these words, that whatever you ask the Father, it will be done for him. 
He is the one who's going to be by the Father also teaching, reminding you and me what he taught us in the Word. Now he's saying to the Father, this is what you promised them, what I gave them from you. And so now we receive what God's already promised. That's right. That, well, and, and that gets back to the idea, you know, and this is, uh, you know, in the other Gospels, the idea of, you know, whatever you ask in my name, you know, and, and the idea of asking something in the name of Jesus, as you said, that's not just slapping on a formula. Like, if I just say, you know, name the thing I want, and then I just put in the name of Jesus at the end, like that's some kind of incantation for getting what I want. No, uh, to, to be asking in the name of Jesus is to be invoking his authority. Um, right. And, and we can only be invoking his authority, right, um, in, in certain ways, because it's his authority totally and not ours. And, right. So, so yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. The, the, this prayer uh, teaching here, I mean, on the one hand, I do think it generally can apply to the church today that, you know, the things that we as the church ask for rightly by the authority of Jesus, um, God promises to give us, um, you know, because of the one who sits at his right hand. But, but then again, also, you know, just, I mean, this, this language is just so ripe uh, with, with symbolism here. Whoever says to this mountain, what mountain are we talking about? Oh, right, yeah, we've been talking about that, going up the mount, the temple mount, right? Uh, taken up, be thrown into the sea. What did the sea represent in Revelation? The Gentiles. I mean, I mean, this is exactly what happens. Um, Revelation shows that the prayers of the saints, they go up to the altar, and what happens? The temple mount is thrown to the Gentiles, uh, and, and the church is, in many ways, rescued from oppression um, from that was that was happening from the city of Jerusalem, including the uh, the high priest that that had James the Just executed. Um, I mean, so much more could be said. I want to save some time for this. Um, authority challenge here between mm -hmm. the, the chief priests and the scribes now, uh, but we have a couple of questions that came in uh, via okay. email here. Um, so, um, so it's kind of all about authority, which is good because we've been saying like Mark is just so focused on uh, the authority here. And so, uh, so here, here's a couple of these questions here. Um, so the authority that Jesus demonstrates here, like what's the connection to the the crowds? Um, and is it in any sense derived from the crowds, or is it from another source? And 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 similarly, um, this authority that he seems to to wield here, um, is it authority that he comes in with, um, or is it authority that he gets after um, he comes in? So, uh, kind of just tracking with th this event here. What, what would you uh, say about that? Well, I would, I would say the, the authority is already his. The crowds recognize it, but part of the whole pur purpose of Jesus entering Jerusalem, much like the purpose of his ascension, was to proclaim, I have this position. And, you know, but ultimately the purpose of entering into Jerusalem was to carry out the will of the Father and to do the work of salvation, which includes, in the name of God as David, David's son, promised Savior, king of God's people, and he'll be crowned king at the end of the week, obviously with the crown of thorns, proclaimed on the cross. He comes in to say, now I begin my reign, and my reign isn't going to look like you think it will. He clears the temple, he curses the fig tree, he challenges the public authorities who want to get him to answer to them, and he says, you need to answer to me. And when they refuse to answer to him, he says, you've just proven that you have no authority. I have it. He doesn't say it that way, but he actually proves his authority. And, and the, the idea then of the authority, he has it before he comes in. And the disciples, remember, are the ones who know that he curses the fig tree. That's not the crowd. That's the disciples. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's right. The disciples get that that inside view, mm -hmm. like you were saying, and it's very helpful, I think, to note. You know, th this uh, chapter eleven makes clear that they're staying in Bethany uh, or, or Bethphage, right? They're, they're staying in that area. They're not actually mm -hmm. staying in in Jerusalem. The thing I, I always tell people is, like, you know, the Airbnb rates in Jerusalem are just sky high. Like, didn't yeah. make any sense. You know, easier just to like you know stay close by and just walk just a couple miles, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, that, that's that's why he was so hungry because he was like going out for a morning walk, right? But, but yeah, yeah no, you actually, I think you're right that uh, it seems like he was 
he actually routinely did this with his disciples, that they would stay in, um, you know, possibly we might say it was uh, the house of uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Uh, it might have been the house of Simon the leper, but I mean, either way, they were all neighbors, um, and they mm-hmm. all knew each other, and they all were eating together for dinner anyway. And so probably the case was that they were all um, having dinner together, I mean, probably like very frequently, at least four times a year, he would stay down there for like a week, probably, mm-hmm. um, you know, for all these different festivals. So, you know, he, he's down there, you know, time and time again. But as you said, now is the time that it's just being revealed what he already had. You know, this is the yeah. idea that, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had this authority. Um, I mean, from the perspective of Mark here, right, he was anointed with this authority Absolutely. at his baptism. And, mm-hmm. and now he's just, but, but this is like you were saying, uh, he heard the voice you know, the disciples saw the cursed fig tree. He's now taking the things that were said in secret and heard in secret and putting them out there in public, which yeah. which is actually very which is very interesting, I think, for ascension, because mm-hmm. uh, the, when the disciples talk about the ascension, they talk about uh, I mean, this is why Peter talks about it on Pentecost, right? That this Jesus whom you cru- crucified, God has made. Lord and Christ. There is there is a there is a sense, and this is this is the way Scripture speaks. There is a sense in which um, he is crowned king, he is made king, he is made Messiah, made Christ at the ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if, if he's made that, it's only because he's taking up what was already his, right? He's taking up yeah. um, you know, the glory which he had temporarily, voluntarily uh, laid aside. Um, you know, that, that's the, mm-hmm. the idea of the state of humiliation, right? But um, there, there is that way of talking that, you know, he, he becomes king at the ascension, but that happens only to the disciples, and it's on Pentecost then when mm-hmm. it gets revealed. So, I mean, I mean, this is an analog, I think, for, for Pentecost in that way, too. Yeah, it is. And, and the other thing to keep in mind, of course, which we know, but so often we overlook, there were no actual witnesses to the resurrection as an event. Yeah. They saw the resurrected Christ, but there were witnesses to the ascension. Right. They watched it until a cloud received him out of their sight. So that the public event of the Ascension had to be a—I'm a, going to use the word publicly, visually verifiable event to be acknowledged as his coronation, if you will. Uh, you know, to be right. coronated in private pretty much leaves in doubt whether you're the king or not. Exactly. And, well, and no, so that, that's is, actually really—that's a really helpful analogy, because you, you think about it, right— um, you know, no, no one, no one has witnessed right the eternal, um, the eternal begetting of the Son by the Father, right? Right. Um, and, and so, in the same way that you know that that's something that is invisible, right? No, no one sees that. Uh, so similarly, no, no one saw him actually, like you know, start breathing again and walk mm-hmm. out of the tomb. Um, and then, so then here, uh, th- this you have the the baptism of our Lord Jesus, right, where he's in a sense he. He is a you know anointed king, right? And so mm-hmm. if there's an ascension, that only happens within like a, a small few. But then there's these these public events like like Pentecost or like the triumphal entry, where everybody gets to see now. And, yeah. and so I mean the the thread as you were as you were describing though is is revelation, right? It, it, the big thing is that God just keeps revealing and revealing, and it just becomes fuller and fuller, and more and more people get to to see. The authority that the Lord Jesus really, I mean, already had from the beginning, as as John one helps mm-hmm. us understand. Yeah, he places it in their hands, if you will, so that now they can hand it on to others. And and this debate, you know, as to whether the baptism of John was from God or from man, that mm-hmm. portion where they're having this questioning between the scribes and the and the leaders, the chief priests, the elders, they came to him, and they want to know what where do you get this authority? And Jesus is. He doesn't say to them at this point, I got it from my father. But when he's on trial at the end of the week, then he does answer that question. Yeah. And, and so we, 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 as again I said before, have the perspective of looking back at the written record the apostles have left for us. We see the, the progression of, of the further revealing of who he fully is. And then his father is going to glorify him by having him die on a cross again totally perplexes us in, in our human reason, but the Holy Spirit gifts us with faith to say, God shows his glory in letting his son die for me. This is where God is glorified, in that I am redeemed, that all of us have Christ paying for our sin. That glorifies the Father. And this is, 
as the Christian Church proclaims resurrection, ascension, pouring out of the Spirit, sharing the gifts of God through the world today in our own local parishes or with, you know, the challenges with the pandemic situation in, in some locations where individual Christians can speak with others, but there's no church service to go to. We're still bringing this Word of God who has authority, and Jesus finally does tell us by what authority right. he does this. So that when we come before the Father, we have this promise from Jesus, forgive, and your Father forgives you, therefore you and I can forgive others. If anyone has anything against you, Jesus says, forgive them. And I'd like Amen. to point this out to people when they say, well, that person doesn't deserve forgiveness. No one ever deserves forgiveness by definition. It forgiveness, be forgiveness can't be deserved. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, a- amen, amen. And, and, and uh, I think C.S. Lewis makes this, like, the same point really well in Mere Christianity. But I, I like what you're drawing out for us here, that, you know, here these people who have been trying to trap him with these politically tricky situations involving John the Baptist, uh, the Lord Jesus has turned the tables on them. And it's interesting that even though he's publicly coming out as the Messiah, as, as the King, um, as the Christ— He's still not going to say the whole thing yet, you know, because he doesn't want to get, you know, he doesn't want to be crucified on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, so he, he's going to wait to, to mention, you know, the, the Father and make that really, really clear. And, and I like what you're saying, that that is what he makes clear to us, because his authority, and this goes back to a question we received also, this authority, this office of the keys, right, is the authority that he gives the Church then. And that's really mm-hmm. the way, speaking of ascension, that the church participates in the ascension, and and this is like such a big idea that through baptism we we participate in everything that our Lord did, and so when our Lord ascends, um, that's a picture of us uh, inheriting and, and using on His behalf the the office of the keys to forgive right. and to open up the gates of heaven of forgiveness um, to all of us uh, undeserving sinners. We none of us deserve it, but that's that's what God does, and we're doing it. Um, just as the Father sent him, so he has sent us. So, um, so many good things look in this chapter of Mark here, and uh, very, very timely to be looking at it on the Ascension. Uh, brother, always a pleasure to, to have you on and Thank have you. a conversation with you, reading the Bible together. God bless your Ascension Day, and looking and forward to having you on And you and your folks out in California, too, the grace of God, always greater than whatever Satan throws at us, keep you in his peace. Amen. Thank you, brother. Everybody, that was Pastor Stephen Tice, pastor from Frona, Missouri, looking at Mark chapter 11 with us today, going on to chapter 12. Until then, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. been listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.